Hello and welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is edition NWS 673 for release on Sunday, January 16th, 2022. On WaveScan today, the radio spectrum on the South Pacific island of New Caledonia, and our Bangladesh DX report, among other items. Our opening music is from New Caledonia. Recent news reports from the South Pacific indicate that the local citizens on the French island with a Scottish name, New Caledonia, have opted not to proceed any further in the direction of obtaining their independence from the mother country, France, in continental Europe. The independence referendum was conducted throughout New Caledonia on Sunday, December 12, 2021, and it was the third occasion in which the local citizenry have rejected independence and opted instead to retain their traditional ties with metropolitan France. Here's how Radio France International reported on the recent referendum. This week, New Caledonia, the French territory in the Pacific, has voted once and for all to remain French. Yeah, it was their third and final referendum on independence as part of what is called the Noumea Accord that was signed in 1998. Yeah, and a staggering 96% of mm. people voted to reject independence. President Macron was quite pleased. Les Calédoniennes, les Calédoniens ont choisi de rester français. Tonight, France is more beautiful because New Caledonia has decided to stay part of it, Macron said. But that's not the end of the matter, mm. right? Fewer than 44% of voters turned out for this referendum. And you have to know that close to half of New Caledonia's population are indigenous Canucks. Many are in favor of independence, but the independence parties had called for the referendum to be postponed. They said COVID restrictions made the vote unfair. And when the vote wasn't postponed, the parties boycotted it. So there are concerns that this could lead to unrest, as there has been in the past. So it's not what you could call a happy ending, at least for the moment. No, not for now. And that third vote is probably not going to be the end of the matter. There's a lot of interest in New Caledonia. Um, about 10% of the world's nickel reserves are there. Um, it's used to make stainless steel and batteries, mobile phones. That's a big one. There's lots of potential wealth, which doesn't really seem to be evenly spread throughout the community. The Canucks remain far poor than New Caledonia's white population. Yeah, so some traditional Kanak uh, music and singing that. That was Radio France International. And the local government-owned station, Nouvelle-Calédonie La Première, has a program called Question Pays, which has recently reported extensively on the referendum. Question Pays, au plus près du référendum. 
Et bienvenue dans Question Pays, le magazine de la rédaction qui aborde les problématiques de notre société. Au lendemain de la tenue du troisième référendum, nous allons, euh, avec nos invités, nous poser la question du processus de décolonisation acté dans l'accord de Nouméa. Est-il toujours d'actualité Here's Ray Robinson now with much more about New Caledonia and its radio history. Thanks, Jeff. New Caledonia is a verdant tropical island with a quarter million population, and it lies close to a thousand miles off the east coast of Australia and a thousand miles north of New Zealand. This French overseas territory is made up of more than 140 different islands, some 40 of which are inhabited. Two of the uninhabited islands, Hunter and Matthew, are also claimed by the neighbouring island cluster of Vanuatu. In our radio topic for today, the radio spectrum on the South Pacific island of New Caledonia, we take each cluster of stations in chronological order and begin with the communication stations. It was in 1920 that the first communication station was installed in Noumea, the national capital, and it was allocated the French call sign FQN. Other subsequent call signs have been HZG, FZN and FJP. The usage of call signs would seem to indicate that the various forms of international and local radio transmissions all emanated from one combined shortwave communication station located near Noumea. Amateur radio has featured prominently in New Caledonia and the best known early ham was Charles Graveau, who operated under the call sign FK8AA. For a period of seven years, beginning in 1937 and into the era of World War II, FK8AA was on the air with radio programming for the benefit of local listeners. Many international radio monitors in New Zealand and Australia and a few beyond were successful in receiving a QSL card, verifying their reception of radio programming from FK8AA. Over the years, New Caledonia has been represented by several amateur radio operators and occasional amateur radio de-expeditions have also been staged in the territory. A government-operated broadcasting service was established in Noumea during the early part of World War II and it was first noted on air in both New Zealand and Australia in 1940. This new programme service operated in parallel on both medium wave and short wave, 558 kHz and 6122 kHz, under the communication call sign FJP. Work began on the construction of a totally new radio broadcasting station in 1968, with studios in an outer suburban area of Noumea at Rue Guinemer, and with transmitters on two of the Saint-Marie Islands in Noumea Harbour. The shortwave transmitters were installed near Antenna Bay on the largest island, San Marie, and the medium wave transmitters were installed on the smallest island, Ueri Island. Two regional medium wave transmitters were also on the air in New Caledonia, both of which were installed near the middle of the main island, Grand Terre. One medium wave transmitter with 4 kilowatts on 1260 kHz was sighted on the summit of Mount Aupini in the mid 1980s and the other with 5 kilowatts on 729 kHz was sighted at Tupo on the east coast of the island in the early part of this century. However, the usage of shortwave was closed in 1994, and the usage of medium wave was subsequently phased out in favour of nationwide FM coverage. RFI, Radio France International. In 
Interestingly, back in the year 1984, RFI, Radio France Internationale in Paris, gave serious consideration to building a large shortwave relay station on the island of New Caledonia. At the time, they were studying the feasibility of either building a large new shortwave relay station or instead taking out a part-time shortwave relay via the SLBC in Sri Lanka. However, as things worked out, neither option was taken up. It was during the year 1942 that American forces began to flood into the South Pacific Islands, and at that stage, an American shortwave communication station was installed at Ansavata in suburban Numia. That station was on the air as WVJN, with Morse code communication to Brisbane, Australia, and to California in the United States. On several occasions, WVJN was noted with the relay of programming beamed to the United States for nationwide broadcast over the continental medium wave networks. In 1943, the Australian Red Cross installed radio equipment in the International Red Cross building in Noumea, and it was on the air with programming for the benefit of American service personnel. During the following year, 1944, an American medium wave station was inaugurated in Noumea under the Mosquito Network call sign WVUS. And then two years later again in 1946, this station was removed from Noumea and reinstalled at the American Air Force Base at Tontuta, 30 miles northwest of Noumea. The National Broadcasting Service of New Zealand operated a mobile radio unit in Noumea from April 1943 to August 1944, and it produced programming for local broadcast in New Caledonia and also for rebroadcast back home in New Zealand. During its year-and-a-half service in Noumea, this NZNBS radio unit also produced a daily programme, the Kiwi Hour, which was broadcast by Radio Noumea on medium wave and shortwave. Another regular programme was prepared in Noumea under the title With the Boys Overseas, and this was forwarded by plane to New Zealand twice weekly for rebroadcast over the NZNBS medium wave network throughout New Zealand. In August 1944, their mobile radio equipment in Noumea was donated to Radio Noumea and the personnel returned to their homeland, New Zealand. For a couple of years, beginning in 1960, a locally produced programme in the Ifira language was produced in Port Vila in the nearby New Hebrides Islands. This programme was beamed back to the New Hebrides from Radio Numia on both medium wave and short wave under the title Radio Cavelico Lico. During the 1980s, a French language programme produced in the Paris studios of Adventist World Radio was broadcast from Radio Numia on medium wave 666 kHz and on short wave 3355 and 7170 kHz, for which QSL cards were issued. Next week, here in Wavescan, we'll look at the radio scene in the outlying islands associated with New Caledonia. For now, back to you, Jeff. Thank you, Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. Now to India. Last week, we told you that three All India Radio shortwave stations went off the air at the beginning of January. The latest information from Jost Jacob is that the shortwave services of AIR Izal with 10 kilowatts on 5050 and 7295 kilohertz, and AIR Gangtok 
with 10 kilowatts on 4835 and 6085 kilohertz have also been discontinued. Their services continue on medium wave and FM. So now there are only three All India radio stations remaining on short wave from Bengaluru, Leh, and New Delhi. Here's a recording of the sign on from AIR Aizal. Hey, Akashvani Aizol Nigan program. He medium wave meter zanga somga panga point panga kilohat zanga somli le short wave meter somro kilohat zanga somga tanga puanswa ane. That was AIR Aizal. Now let's listen to the sign on from AIR Gang Talk. Superbat. Medium wave could do Satera, the Simlab, Sasat meter, or that take a jar, Sarsi, Charkilohars, Tata, Sordway, Prasaranko, Satimeter band, and Turgot, Charzer, Arsai, Pointis Kilohersma, Yo, Akashvaniko, Ganto, Kendrahu. The sign on announcement there from AIR Gang Talk. Last week we told you that 2022 is the last year of publication for the World Radio TV Handbook, which for 76 years has been one of the principal reference sources for shortwave listeners and other radio enthusiasts worldwide. After this year, it will no longer be available. So what will shortwave listeners use in the future for information about international broadcasters? There is the Global Broadcasting Guide by Gail Van Horn, it's available online only, but is a wealth of information. We've told you about it many times before on this program. But as for a physical book, there's another very good resource called the Worldwide Listening Guide by John Figliasi, who is co-organizer of the annual Winter SWL Festival in Pennsylvania in the U.S. We've told you about this book before also. It's not an annual publication, but it has been published periodically for 30 years now, and the 10th edition has just come out. It's 168 spiral-bound pages. The Worldwide Listening Guide is especially geared to North American English-speaking listeners, but people around the world will find it helpful also. John makes the point at the beginning of the book that nowadays there are many platforms for radio beyond the traditional wireless electromagnetic waves. There's AM, FM, shortwave, satellite, internet live streaming, and podcasts. Some people have started referring to all of this as audio. The BBC is calling it sounds, which John considers to be a bit of a stretch. To him, it's all radio, no matter how the listener gets it. A section of the Worldwide Listening Guide explains all of these platforms in depth. There's a large table of North American AM stations that operate with 50,000 watts both day and night. At nighttime, they can be heard over very long distances. The table indicates the frequency, call letters, location, and program format of each station. There's also a table of U.S. and Canadian expanded AM band stations from 1610 to 1700 kHz. And it mentions AM stations in the Caribbean that can be heard in the U.S., including from Cuba, the Bahamas, and Bonaire. 
There are also lists of the most popular program formats of radio stations in the U.S. and Canada, the most popular individual programs on radio stations in the U.S. The shortwave section explains how ionospheric propagation works and has a list of shortwave meter bands and the corresponding frequency ranges. There's a list of stations that target broadcasts to North America in English and in other languages. There are also brief profiles of the Voice of America and other U.S. government-owned stations and of the privately-owned shortwave stations in North America, as well as basic info about some of the other shortwave broadcasters that are heard well in North America. There are lots of sidebar articles in the guide, for example, about Kim Elliott's shortwave radiogram program, Jerry Berg's Committee to Preserve Radio Verifications, and Jonathan Marks' now-defunct media network program on Radio Netherlands. There's an article explaining the process of moving radio from traditional analog to more modern digital technologies, such as DRM on shortwave. Keeping its focus on North America, there's a section describing the Sirius XM satellite radio service, which is popular on North American automobile radios. And of course, the book covers internet radio, smartphones, and content amalgamators like TuneIn, Pandora, iTunes, and more. And we can't forget smart speakers like Alexa, which are able to play hundreds of radio stations from around the world. There's even a list of the most popular internet radio stations among worldwide listeners and U.S. listeners, and the most popular podcasts. Author Rob DeSantos writes about the future of internet radio and the complications that it confronts. While some people might have different favorites, the Worldwide Listening Guide has chosen what it considers the six best English-language radio networks in the world, the BBC, ABC Radio from Australia, CBC Radio from Canada, RTE from Ireland, Radio New Zealand, and NPR in the United States. There are profiles of each of these services and a list of popular public radio programs in the U.S. The biggest section of the Worldwide Listening Guide is the 57-page Consolidated Program Listing, which contains around 4,000 individual broadcasts that could be received on AM, FM, analog shortwave, DRM, Sirius XM, Wi-Fi, or smartphone radio. The list is by UTC time, and each listing shows the start and end time of the broadcast, the station or network, the days of the week it's on, the program name, the type of program, and the frequency or platform where the program can be found. It also shows the time in North American Eastern Daylight Time and the local time at the station's location. So you can see what's on to listen to at any given moment throughout the day, and you can see how to find it. Following that are the classified program lists. These are similar to the consolidated program list, but they are divided into different sections for different types of programs. There are lists for arts, culture, and history programs, business, finance, and economic development programs, current affairs programs, society, customs, and people's programs, everyday domestic life programs, media and communication programs, such as this program, WaveScan, ideas, philosophy and learning programs, environmental programs, documentaries, 
government politics and law programs, magazine programs, health and medicine programs, literature and drama programs, entertainment, humor, and game shows, listener and mailbag programs, language lessons, classical music, folk music, jazz and blues, pop music, rock, musical variety, country music, general music, world music, news analysis, news commentary, general newscasts, news magazines, interview programs, sports, science, and technology, variety programs, and weather reports. Woof! That's quite a compendium of data, and there's a long list of program names and descriptions to go along with it. Another page in the guide lists additional resources such as books, publications, internet sites, radio clubs, and vendors. And finally, John Figliazzi's co-organizer of the Winter SWL Fest has some thoughts about internet radios, smart speakers, smartphones, and apps from the BBC, CBC, NPR, ABC, RNZ, and Deutsche Welle. Much like the World Radio TV Handbook, the Worldwide Listening Guide is jam-packed with information. But it's largely different information, highly targeted to North American listeners, but of interest to others as well. The Worldwide Listening Guide can be ordered through Amazon, Universal Radio, and the W5YI Group. The respective online sites are Amazon.com, universal-radio.com and w5yi.org. For those overseas, there are ways to order internationally through Amazon. The cover price is $29.95. Universal has it at $27.95, and historically the Amazon price fluctuates from time to time. You're listening to WaveScan from Adventist World Radio. And now let's go to Salahuddin Dalar in Bangladesh. Dear listeners and radio hobbyists, welcome you in the January 2022 edition of Bangladesh DX Report in Wavescan. This is Salahuddin Dalar from Ratshahi, Bangladesh. Glad to be back and thanks for listening. The receiving log of different radio station, January 1st, 2022. Hope Radio Palau, English service, MFC Worldwide program was heard at 0900 UTC on 15680 kHz. The code was 444. Radio Sadaji Jindegi. Al Dhabba Dari program. OM Giving Christian lecture was heard at 09008 UTC on 15490 kHz. The ISO code was 444. FEBC Radio. Bhaya Iba Tibetan Christian Religious Program was heard at 0912 UTC on 15450 kHz. The SI code was 444. KBS World Radio Korean Service Korean Music was heard at 0915 UTC on 15160 kHz. The SI code was 444. Radio Free Europe Tajik program was heard at 1522 UTC on 9470 kHz. The SIO code was 444. January 2nd, Radio Filipinas English service report on vaccine update in Philippines was heard at 0235 UTC on 17820 kHz. The SIO code was 
1954 world radio japanese service om's presentation of fisher was heard at 0242 utc on 178104 Oriya song was heard at 1535 UTC on 9765 Bengali service discussion about use of antibiotics was heard at 1522 UTC on 5895 kHz. The SIO code was 444. Myanmar Radio English News by YL was heard at 1530 UTC on 5985 kHz. The SIO code was 444. Song by male singer was heard at 1715 UTC on 9650 kHz. at 14005 dx bangla at the rate gmail.com okay i will come with more dx news in the next edition till then take care salauddin dollar ratshahi bangladesh thank you salauddin thanks for listening to wavescan the international dx program from adventist world radio researched and written in indianapolis by adrian peterson and we leave you with more music from New Caledonia. Next week, the radio scene on the outlier islands of New Caledonia in the South Pacific. Also, our Australian DX report from Bob Hadula. Several QSL cards are available for Wayscan. Send your AWR and KSDA reception reports for Wayscan to the AWR address in Bangkok, Thailand. I'll give you that in a moment and also to the station your radio is tuned to, WRMI or WWCR or KVOH or Voice of Hope Africa, or to IRRS Italy, 
or to the AWR relay stations that carry WaveScan. Remember, too, you can send a reception report to the DX reporters when their segment is on the air here in the program. They will also verify with their own colorful QSL card. Return postage and an address label are always appreciated. The email address for AWR QSLs is qsl at awr.org. The postal address for AWR QSL cards is Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, that's P-R-A-K-A-N-O-N-G, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. Again, Adventist World Radio, P.O. Box 234, Prakanong, Bangkok, 10110, Thailand. The email address for other correspondence to Wavescan, not reception reports, is wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida, USA. Till next week, good listening, everyone. <laughs>